Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in your world. I hope everything is fine. Um, so, today I think I want to reflect a little bit about something that um, has occurred in my life. <laughs> And um, it's something that I'm really not happy about. But, um, you know, know the sort of things that you really just want to push underneath the carpet and just keep it there until those moments when you really cannot, you know, you can't avoid it anymore, you know. So, and um, without going into too much detail, so let's just say that, and I've talked about this off and on, you know, in between some of the episodes we have had. But I just think I just really need to really come clean about it now because I think um, I think it's important to do so because I think my inability to come clean about it, if, you know, even on this episode, is somehow affecting my my ability to deal with it and for God to help me with it somehow, you know. So um, I recently discovered. So first of all, fast forward. Um, I, 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 many years ago, I worked for about 20, not many years, but let's say before the pandemic, let's start it, let's, let's put it that way. Before the pandemic, I had a fast paced job, um, was always traveling everywhere there, traveling within the country, occasionally outside of the country, but you know, that kind of, um, multi-locational, um, environment where, you know, meetings would be held, you know, in locations that you have to get on a plane and a one hour plane away it wasn't a big thing you know because there were people across location so it would be like okay this time we are holding it in lagos and we're holding in port harcourt let's meet in abuja so it was always a thing you know you'd always i mean always had to do a lot of flying as i grew as time went on and then when i there was a time i was also working outside of the country that time it was even worse i literally used to fly for meetings from you know holland to london so i'm saying all of this just for you to know the kind of job I had and you know it, it wasn't it was I, I would make day trips to London and fly back to to Holland particularly if I didn't want to stay overnight because my kids were alone that kind of thing so then after the pandemic just before the pandemic I um, left my job because I needed to attend to stuff that was happening at home um, I needed I was I was being torn in too many places and it was time really I had always wanted to 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 have a different kind of life in my 50s so and I've been praying about it and then the day after my 50th birthday God just told me now is the time and I got the go ahead and I, I I made the call and that was that but it also happened at a time you know that so let's just say everything came together to make it the best choice and then the pandemic hit so while the pandemic was going on, there was also stuff going on in my life. There was also a crisis that was going on that I was dealing with, which was, you know, let's just, without getting too much into details about that, I've talked about that off and on on these musings as well. So that was what led me on this journey on of um, getting close to the Lord. It was during this period that God led me to start the podcast in June 2020, which was one of the best decisions, one of the few um, times I've actually obeyed God, and it's really turned out so well. I give God the glory for that. And, um, so yes, so, but then, so we're battling, there was this stuff we're all battling with, 
you know, at home personally while the pandemic was going on, added complexity to it. It was just a lot going on. Um, eventually, God delivered us from that, you know, progressively. But the final deliverance took place last year in February. So this whole thing lasted. In fact, the trauma lasted for about two years. Let's say it was, and it was, it was, it was really, you know, what God helped us through. So now it was after I that situation eased and the deliverance of God, you know, God showed up and brought about His deliverance. That I then realized that I had come I hadn't that I had also been affected by what was going on even though it wasn't directly I wasn't directly impacted I didn't realize that I had been emotionally traumatized by what had happened and you know how it is when you are I mean you watch those movies where somebody is hit you know like there's a battle um you know going on and then so somebody is hit and then the person falls down and then there's this brave soldier that runs to go and save the other person and then the person you know is just moving on adrenaline and then you carry that uh, injured person bring them to safety you carry them across the battle lines put them back you know they get help you watch as the doctor has the operation tell them what's wrong with the person hold the patient's hand you know they 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 they, they um, tell them how they should handle the patient help them with tearing off the patient's clothes you watch throughout the entire surgery they bring out the patient and um, the, the bullets from the patient the patient is unconscious for how many days you don't even know if the person's going to wake up you are reading to the person you are sleeping with the person you are bathing the person eventually the person wakes up opens their eyes one day you are there you speak to the person you nurse the person you help them through you know the the recovery process they begin to walk they begin to talk they begin to eat they finally can go back to their former lives and you were there throughout the entire process from the battlefield down to the hospital to the recovery and back to their lives you didn't have a moment to check yourself throughout all of that it is when you finally see them back into their former lives that you now look at yourself and you realize you are bruised you were hurt you were also ill you don't know when exactly the injury to yourself when it took place, was it at the battlefield? Was I also hit? Was it in the process of recovery? Was it in the hospital? Was it up? You have no idea. But you didn't come out of it unscathed. That is exactly what has happened to me. I was the soldier that God used to rescue the wounded and the injured on the battlefield. In some ways, I, sometimes I wonder whether it... I wasn't even the, I was the target. Maybe I, you know, anyway, I, I, before I digress, but you get the analogy. That's just the general analogy. So I just realized that I was, I didn't come out of that experience unscathed. And I, even though I knew I was impacted, but I didn't realize the extent of the impact. And I thought that once things got better for this person, that I would be better. But that didn't happen because what the trauma I had then gone through had developed a life of its own. And there were several levels in which this showed itself. And um, I, I didn't understand. And, and for me, the, 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 I didn't understand how deep it was. And ah, I don't, I, I'm trying to build up so that you get to you know where I'm going without my saying too much. That is not useful. But anyways, the way in which what 
when I knew how serious what had happened to me was. And there are several other ways in which I knew, but I tried to, you know, put them under the carpet as if they didn't, you know, there were things that I, I could manage. So no point talking about it, even though I'm not going to say what they were because they are not good. You know what I mean? But there were things that, or I would say there were thoughts that once they come, I could kick them out. So they, they were not controlling me. So I didn't bother. But then I had this experience and it's happened a number of times now so now i know that this is an issue and we're going to get to reading a scripture that god has just given me that speaks to this what i just need to do is i still need some grace and wisdom from god on how to deal with this but i realize now that i have to talk about this because maybe this is how god is going to use this to change what is happening and when and i found out that when evil is in your life or he's trying to do something in your life when you call it out by name and you let it know that it is there you are actually on the path to resolving that evil. The more we refuse to talk about things that are hurting and are harming us, the more we're giving them life in us. There is something about calling evil out. Maybe it's that shining light thing that diminishes its power to help, I mean, to hurt you. And maybe that's what I need to do through this because I've avoided talking about this because I've been so ashamed. Even my family members, I didn't, I haven't told them. I was just able to talk about it to my husband like a, a week ago and it's it's happened it, st it started last year you know what i mean i couldn't you know i just couldn't because i was like how do you explain somebody who I, I was like you know always flying all over the place anyway so i now realize that so during the pandemic i didn't go anywhere i stayed at home i you know i was socially distanced to the power z because of what we were dealing with at home so the excuse of the pandemic gave me an excuse to be even more socially distanced than everyone else because we have issues we had issues that we we're dealing with 2020 was the worst of it all 2021 was much better 2022 i mean god really delivered us february life back to normal to very large extent 2023 wow in fact you know god is he's making all things new to god be the glory i'm so grateful to him if you want to find out a bit more about how i feel about this testimony um, please go and look at the episode that I recorded. I think it was sometime last year. It's called See What the Lord Has Done. You you can't miss it. So when you see it, yeah, you'll know. So um, so the um so uh, so like as I was saying, the um so uh, yeah. So during the pandemic I was by myself most of the time, but then after that, so we started coming out a bit more. So by last year, I had to go on a, I had to um, travel for an event, a social event, with someone very close to myself. And I had to get on a plane for the first time in three years, I would say, because the last time I was on a plane was when I returned to Nigeria, December 10, 2019. So, 20, so, so 2020, 2021, yeah, so for two years, for two years and three months, I hadn't been on a plane. I mean, no need to pandemic. I didn't get into any of that drama. So I got onto a plane flying from a one hour flight within Nigeria, from where I live to the federal capital ter territory. I don't want to, ex oh, let's just say that I experienced, and I'd been anxious. You know, I, I kept wanting to drop out. I didn't understand why I was so anxious. I was anxious before the, for the travel. I felt it was because it was so different. It was almost like I had never traveled before, which is bizarre because I have flown at least a thousand times in my life. So, but within the last two years, COVID plus a very severe um, family health crisis had happened that really, really, and also affected my faith. 
So you can imagine, you know, I wasn't physically affected, but spirit, spirit and soul severely traumatized. But I'm just saying this to describe how, you know, how it then has shown up. Anyway, so I went, let's just say that I had a severe, I was anxious before the flight and I had a severe anxiety right up to when I got into the flight. And by the time I got into the plane and they were, they shut the doors, I almost had, in fact, let's just say I had a major panic attack, but God took control. So nobody around me knew what was going on, but inside of me, my mind was, I don't even know what to call it, on fire. What's the word? But was going amok. And the funny thing is that when it's happening, inside of your brain is like, what the hell is going on? Are you okay? What's, I mean, like, what's going on? Then there's this irrational side that is just creating drama for no reason. So the Lord just, you know, the Holy Spirit, I was just like, God, help me. And then because your mind is not even, it's not even quiet, the ability to even pray is not even there because your your mind, you need your mind to pray. But of course, that's why we have, I, I now understand why God gave us the Holy Spirit because when your mind is going crazy, at least the Holy Spirit can, you can just open your mouth and let the Holy Spirit just begin to utter, you know. So, but again, it's not easy to do that when you're in a public place. So it wasn't really easy. It's not like I could just start because everybody, everybody would just be looking at me if I did that. So I just had to, but God just told me, close your eyes. I closed my eyes and I started confessing the scriptures. God has not given me the spirit of fear, of power. I don't know. I can't remember what I said, but God saw me through that one hour. But everything that could have gone through my mind in terms of like, oh, I need to get off this plane. Can they, turn, can they open the doors? You know, it was terrible. I didn't even know how I would make it through 60 minutes without freaking out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it happens. So when I got to where I, went, I had to go into a hotel change, go to the venue and put up a good face. Because I was so shaken by what happened. Because first of all, this is just the outward journey. I still need to return. And what, what the hell was that that happened? I mean, I'm somebody who, are, to show you the kind of flying, I recall when I was pregnant with my first child, who, by the way, did not survive. I, I was once caught in, 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 a, in a location when you know, there was bad weather, blah, blah, blah. I had to, they brought a plane for us that was an eight-seater, an eight-seater dash. I have been in choppers. I have been in choppers, landed on facilities on, on you know, in, in the middle of nowhere. So I'm not someone who has a, do you understand? I don't, I do not have a fear of flying. Yes, I, there are certain things I don't like, like I, yes, I don't like turbulence, I don't like, but I, I've never, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I've flown in choppers, I've flown on eight-seater, the eight-seater dash eight plane, when you're on that plane, is literally like you are flying in a chair. <laughs> it's like somebody is holding a chair and, and, and dangling a chair in the clouds. I mean, it's very noisy. I was like eight months, eight months pregnant. And I remember all the, and it was such a shaky flight that everyone else on the plane was looking at me like, my goodness, this woman is on this plane. But you know, when I look back on those things that I'm like, my goodness, God, you, I don't know the grace that you just gave me because now I can't even imagine doing that. There's nothing that will make me get on a dash eight plane, but I did it then. I was about 32 years old then. I did it then with an eight months eight months pregnant and I was really pregnant, pregnant, like big, big tummy pregnant. Anyway, so, wow. So anyway, I'm not, um, so that happened and I didn't know, I could, I just didn't understand. So anyway, so I was, 
all through the weekend or throughout through the day, I was very sober. I wasn't my usual bubbly self. I was, you know, I tried, but you know. And um, the next day, I that morning, I just prayed. I was like, God, you have to help me. I actually considered even going by road, but then in Nigeria, if I tried to go by road, first of all, it would be like a one day journey, and you may not get there were kidnappers all around the road. And but for for you to for me to even have contemplated that rather than a one-hour flight trip. And in fact, what was probably difficult for me was having to explain to my family that I or anyone that I would choose to do that. I mean, it was just madness. So I knew I had to get back on the plane. It was that bad. But I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. To the glory of God, I was able to get back on the plane. Thank God it was a bigger aircraft. And there was no God to control. God really to control. How he even did it on that second flight. He's just a good God. So, but anyway, let's just say that. That scenario has repeated. I would say, now that I think about it, I think that the scenario I had that first time was the worst. But I have flown two, um, two times after that. It's not been as bad as the first time. But it's not also been the way it's supposed to be. And the kind of anxiety before and then during. In fact, um, when I did a long-haul journey, international flight, I had to, at a stage, I had to take, I had Benelin with me. I think I had, I had, so, you know, I had to take off mixture just for that purpose. Just, and immediately I took, anyway, let me not talk about it. So let's just say that I realized that there was just something going on in my body. For some reason, my body and my mind has developed anxiety around travel, air travel to be particular. It's not only, well, let's just say, it. and there's a lot going on in that space, but I, like I said, I, th- I, don't want to, I always don't like to talk about it. It's not just about the flying. And that's the funny thing. The funny thing is that I'm not even, it's not the flying. It's not the heights. It's about... I think being in that place and not being able to leave. Yeah, I think that it's that's it. It's about, you know, so it's a very irrational fear and it's not, it's about um, a feeling of being held captive in a place and not being able to do about anything about it. And like I said, for somebody who f- used to fly back and forth, I lived and worked outside of the country for many years. In those years, I made many trips back and forth. It was not a thing at all for me. So anyway, I'm now really talking to God about how am I going to deal with this? Because obviously, I am not going to stay away from tra- air travel because or any travel because of this. I will continue to do so, but I don't want the anxiety or this thing that seems to have come about as a result. And then you may ask me, why do I think, why am I linking it to what happened in the last two years? I link it because before then, this wasn't the case. And when when things happen to you and people say, um, is there anything that has happened? Yes, something has happened. Something really severe happened. And there's a lot more. I think a lot of my musings, if you're someone who has been listening, you, you can understand what I'm saying because... I did go through a very traumatic thing. And this is the thing. When when you when you are injured, you don't really know how it's going to um 
manifest. You don't know where you're injured and how the injury is going to affect you until you try to do the things you could do before. That's when you now know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think you know. And and you see, this is where, um, this is where spiritual and things of the soul are so difficult because with physical injury, you can see, yes, I have pain in my knee. Yes, in fact, that's a good analogy. Sometimes I have pain in my knee. Now, the pain in my knee does not affect my walking. When I feel it more is when I climb stairs. You know what I mean? So if I don't have to climb stairs, then my, my knee is fine. There's no problem with the knee. But when I have to climb stairs, that's when I now realize that there's an injury to the knee. But if you look at me, just by looking at me, you can't tell that I have an injury to my knee. By walking, you can't tell also that I have an injury. But when you see me on the stairs then you know. You may be able, yes, you will, yeah, in fact, particularly, you will know. So that's exactly how this was. I was injured in my soul, my mind, emotions, whatever it is. But in my comfort zone, in my safe spaces, you can't tell. I can function. But when you now expose me to a certain kind of situation that for some reason triggers that injury, the injury comes to life. It flares up. And then all of a sudden, the acne, the spiritual acne, or whatever you want to call it, shows. That's a perfect and a wonderful analogy, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, my, my Holy Spirit. Because I've been trying to understand that. How, you know, how, how, how was this undetected? But that's it. So just like the knee injury that flares up when exposed to a certain kind of stress. Using the stairs as an analogy, as an experience, that is what has happened with me. So there's an injury to my soul that happened as a res- over this two-year period or three-year period that flares up in travel in, in this circumstance, and I, I, I don't know why. So now, and it's God that is going to help me. Now, the two scriptures that I'm going to hang on, and I, I really apologize that this is taking so um, has taken so much time. I tried to keep these musings to like... 20 minutes, 15 minutes max, but this has gone over. But I had to give the preamble and I felt the need to just say this and talk about it rather than, you know, trying to hide it like I have been and, or, you know, try to talk around it. I think the two scriptures that, um, that the Lord said to me today, and I think I'm very relevant to where I am right now, is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, which says that the word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of the soul and of the spirit and of the joints and of the marrow and is a designer of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things that are naked, they are opened unto the eyes unto of him with whom we have to do. And then he goes on about, we have a great high priest that is passed into heavens, into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. Um, we, we have a high priest that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He was in all points tempted like as we are is without sin. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So the word of God is able to pierce into what is going on in my soul. The word of God knows where that injury is. I cannot see. There's no doctor that will know what you know, part of me was hurt or, or in or traumatized that has led to you know, that has injured me in such a way that something that was not a problem has become a problem, which is exactly like the knee analogy. Because before, climbing stairs was not an issue. In fact, I walked in a building that had 17 floors. Whenever the lift packed up, I routinely went up 17 stairs and down. I can't do that anymore. So something, you know, there's an injury to the knee now, but because it's it's physical, I can see, I can touch. I don't know what exactly, you know, I may not 
be able to, to know what has happened beneath the skin and in the muscles but i i i i i i know where it's coming from I, it's you know i can i can narrow it down to a region so if i need to investigate further i, I i'm not going to tell you check my thighs no i'm going to say it's in the knee but with the mind we don't have that kind of visibility we cannot see the mind we don't we don't have you know an architecture for the mind we we have for the brain but we don't have for the mind and that's why mental health is such an issue because nobody can break the mind down the only way we can break it down is into values beliefs you know this kind of very intangible things and until the person who is impacted talks about it, even when somebody has a belief or about something, whether it's a false belief, it's difficult to unpack, except the person is unable to. You can bring the person to a point whereby they unpack it, which I guess is why the point of the therapy. But even when, even in therapy, it, the therapist may not understand what is being said. The person may not also be able to articulate it in a way that others can understand and interact. At the end of the day, it is only the person, the patient going through that really understands. And then the patient, in fact, the patient is best positioned to be the doctor but cannot help themselves because if they could, they would not be in that position themselves, which is why we need God. And, or God-inspired and God-led therapists as well. So the word of God is able. So this is what Hebrews 4.12 is saying. Is that for situations like mine, like this, that have come about as a result of a trauma, but one doesn't understand why it is presenting in this way, the word of God can help to pierce into those divisions, those discern, discerning, uh, to discern those thoughts of the mind that are unseen. And then the other scripture that I'm going to tie to this, and this is, I think, from what I'm getting, we're not going to finish this thing. I need to come back to this at another time. So I will just read this other scripture. And then I will allow the Lord to, you know, show me how, where we go from here next time. So that I don't keep this on longer than this. So Second Corinthians 10, um, this is where I like this scripture. Verse 3 it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Now, when whenever you read the scripture, when he's talking about strongholds, you'll be wondering what does he mean by strongholds? Is he talking about physical strongholds? Is he talking about spiritual strongholds? Is he talk, talking about strongholds in you know in the devil, in evil, in hell, where? But he now explains what those strongholds strongholds are in verse five. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against in opposition to the knowledge of God. I'm bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I think we need to do a separate museum on something, so I will not talk about this further. But think about that. Everything I've described today, doesn't it sound like what is talking, what Paul is talking, describing here? Imaginations that have exalted themselves against the knowledge of God that says that I am healed, that God protects me, he delivers me. The knowledge of God that says that, you know, Christ is in me, the hope of glory. The knowledge of God that says that I am the, the righteousness of God. The knowledge of God that says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So there are strongholds in my mind that have built up imaginations that have developed 
that have exalted themselves against the knowledge of God. And in certain, certain situations, they are kept on check. They are kept, they are in check. They are unable to manifest in a larger portion of my life. But in certain situations, they have found space. I need to rely on God and the word of God and the power of God to uproot, cast down those imaginations. But what God is saying here in verse 4 is, it's a warfare. The battleground, the stage for the battle is in, is in my mind. And it is God. That warfare cannot be fought physically. It cannot be me forcing myself and saying, oh, therefore, you know, mm -mm. it can't be mental and mind, you know, that kind of thing. It has to be a warfare that is empowered by God, made mighty through God. It's a spiritual warfare. So we'll go further into this. I think this is what our next couple of musings will be about as the spirit leads. I will leave it here for now. And I trust that the Lord will do with his word what he only alone can do in my life and in the hearts and in the minds of all that listen as well. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day. If this has been useful to you in any way or any other episode that you've listened to, please share with other people as well. Um, I am seeing new audiences coming in from the US. God bless you all for checking in. Thank you for ranking up my figures. It's very encouraging to me. This is um, a podcast. We're not commercial in any way. It's purely about me finding you know, my place in God and doing what is pleasing in his sight and God also using this to bless me and to heal me and to teach me and to just make me a part of himself. So I'm so glad that you're on this journey with me. And, you know, this is all very encouraging for me too. So God bless you, brothers and sisters, sisters in the U.S. We see you. God bless you. Thank you for dropping in. Stay blessed. May God fulfill his purpose in your life, in our lives today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.